Diaz from vmorevideos.com. I'm Eric Siebert from vsureline.com. And this is a special edition vChat from uh, the VMware Cloud Infrastructure Launch Event in San Francisco. Uh, we're honored to be present here at this historic day uh, for VMware, uh, where they announced vSphere 5 and, and so much, much more. So, what do you think, Eric? Um, it was great. I mean, obviously, we knew what was coming. We've been briefed um, over the last few weeks and months. I've been involved in the beta and that, so we've had access to all the features and functionality. Um, but it's good this this event kind of was uh, the culmination of all that into a, you know the public facing side of it and uh, getting the word out and that. And I think there was definitely a lot of excitement about this launch. And um, I think they did a good job. And just this little, it's, it's kind of neat. It's not like your your typical launch event where this is like a pretty intimate setting. There was only I'd say maybe about 20 people, a lot of VMware employees, but about 20 of uh, the press and the bloggers yeah. uh, total in there. A little small event, and we had you know Paul right in front of us and uh, and Stephen and that giving the giving the message out. Uh, but it was, it was a good event. I liked it a lot, and um, they really did a good presentation on it. And obviously the. Uh, we covered all the features, what's new in vSphere 5, and the vision, of course, um, you know, mm -hmm. what's, how the vision's all shaping up. And then, of course, some of the, the bad news of the, how the licensing is now going to change. Um, I kind of found it interesting how they transitioned from, uh, from uh, um, you know, Paul coming out giving the vision message to uh, Stephen coming out giving the technology message, and then they made uh, kind of Rick the bad guy <laughs> with the, okay, here's the licensing changes. But I think he put a good spin on it and, um, you know, made it to more of a positive change yeah. where um, a lot of people initially will probably not be too happy with the change, but I think it's, you really need to sit down, understand all the changes, see what they actually mean to your environment yeah. to be able to understand, you know, how they'll impact you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so Rick, Rick started out his presentation with so, and some people were commenting on Twitter about that, how, <laughs> uh-oh, here comes the bad news, yeah. you know. But, um, you know, after I read, like, the VMware, uh, the licensing white paper that they published and, you know, took some time to think about it and, you know, maybe maybe it's not as bad as I, I first thought. And I can kind of see where they're going to a more, you know, paper consumption type model, but... I do see, um, you know, I think it'll be a big deal for, you know, right-sizing and those third-party companies, you know. Yeah, which is a good thing because yeah. it, it kind of forces you to right-size your environment yeah. and to manage your environment and stay on top of it. So, yeah. you know, you can't uh, can't just go willy-nilly anymore and, you know, to throw VMs everywhere without, uh, now there's repercussions of that, so. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, I thought that was interesting. I mean, at least they didn't go with the per-VM pricing model. I yeah. think that would have been much, much worse. Well, yeah, because when you think about it, what a VM could be this as they showed in the video a yeah, monster, a VM, monster a VM huge VM yeah or it could be a little tiny appliance and then you're getting charged equally for both of those so yeah. you know at least this is a little bit more fair in that it actually um, you know it's however you have your VM size and if you have them all small obviously you can scale pretty well but if you have big VMs you're gonna have to pay more right that, so right yeah, so I mean, I thought that was interesting. Um, I, I like the new um, idea of, you know, VMware offering the first cloud infrastructure suite. You know, I guess, I mean, all the pieces were really there before, but I never thought of it in that way. Like, here's a suite you get. I mean, it's still all priced, you know, separately and everything, but like, okay, we're going to use the cloud infrastructure suite and like automate our whole infrastructure, you know? Um, I, I guess it seems like more they're pushing that sort of concept, you know, like this entire data center 
Yeah, they had one good graphic on that where they had them all stacked on top of yeah. each other from vSphere on the bottom yeah, to the different uh, tiers the vShield and, yeah. to the vOperations manager mm -hmm. um, and all that, all the way up to the vCloud director. So um, they definitely have all the pieces now to make that suite and yeah. all the components in that. And um, you know, the product continues to you know mature and come together um, to be offer you know a complete cloud solution. And yeah, I mean, before it always seemed more like you know, well, here's vSphere, and then there's a bunch of different management pieces, and if you want to do a cloud, here's vCloud Director, and here's Chargeback, and here's you know Orchestrator, and all these different things. And but yeah, now it seems like it's more coming together, like this is how it all fits together, yeah. and this is how you're going to use it. So and a lot of those came from acquisitions, and it takes time to fit those. Yeah, and make the puzzle. Yeah. well fitting and complete so so uh, what do you think about the new features um, obviously storage was, was really big in this release mm -hmm. um, I think if you look at all the features in total I mean they barely touched networking at all yeah um, storage was probably half this release when it comes to features and that mm -hmm. um, the big one obviously is like storage DRS where it fills in that missing gap of um, being able to balance your, your loads across hosts and data stores um, based on you know storage resource consumption, so that was a big one. You know some of the other cool features, um, the storage profiles with the new vSorage APIs for uh, storage awareness, um, the new uh, virtual storage or vSphere storage appliance that they yeah. released um, to be a VSA to turn your local storage into shared storage. Um, that we you know looked at that obviously during the uh, the beta and that, and um, it seemed like it was kind of. Not up, you know. It's new. It's a one-zero product. Didn't have yeah. the features that some of the more robust and mature products have. Um, the pricing seemed a bit steep as well when they finally announced the pricing on it. Where, you know, it seemed to be kind of, you know, out of the range of the SMB range where it was hitting up to the, um, and where you could actually go out and buy a storage array for for that amount. So yeah, um, hey, I can see. It seems like they're trying to be sort of competitive with it. Um, almost in the sense of, yeah, here's a storage array, but it doesn't have redundancy, and it's not that integrated with vSphere, and it's, you know, has higher, uh, you know, configuration time involved to get it going, and here's ours, and, you know, maybe they're the same price, but ours has these benefits, so it almost seems like they're trying to be competitive, which is fine, I guess, they got to make money, but um, I was hoping the VSA would be just, like, free. Yeah, you know, like exactly. Like for the for the SMB level. customers, here you go. You know, use vSphere five, you get this VSA. It's it's all good. It's all free. Because I mean, if you look at it, vSphere is not that great unless you have shared storage because most right. of the features rely on it. So for the right. SMB market, maybe they can't afford those these big storage arrays to to use those features. Like high availability is a real big one. I think that um, is handy to have in, in any environment. Yeah. Um, so it all comes down to shared storage, and the VSA obviously gives you a more affordable way of getting shared storage than having to buy out these big storage arrays to do it and that, so. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll have to try it out for myself. I mean, one of the things they were stressing is that you can have, you know, this shared storage up and running in five clicks. I mean, which, you know, might be kind of cool compared to configuring, you know, Yeah, because you had done things on, like, open filer and that. Yeah, that open filer. and pretty complicated. I mean, it's free and it works, setup. but it's also not supported. and. Yeah. It doesn't have redundancy, and yeah, it's a pain to set up, you know. So, well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, a lot of cool new stuff. Um, yeah, there was one in particular that um, I, I saw a slide on it, and when we did the briefings and that, but th we didn't go into a lot of detail on it. And when I was talking to Duncan earlier about it, he kind of covered it more. Was the um, the new uh, mirrored storage remotion? Um, which is a new way of doing storage remotion. In vSphere 4, what happened was we relied on change block tracking to actually track the blocks that change while the storage remotion is occurring, and then it takes those change blocks and writes them over, you know, once that's complete. 
Um, now in vSphere 5, they've, gotten, they've gone away from that model and they got this new mirroring thing where mm. they're actually doing um, almost like a synchronous um, write where they're writing to both devices at the same time, both the source and the destination whenever any writes occur. So it, um, it's, it's a lot more efficient in that you're not having to rely on um, the change box tracking to which can fall behind in a lot of cases when mm -hmm. there's a lot of I.O. going. Um, and it's just a, a whole more, a better way of doing it compared to the, the older ways in that. So um, I, I'd like to find out more about that. That yeah. was pretty cool where actually it, it uses a, a new process now to um, track all the changes that occur while you're doing a story motion. So. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to try that. I'll have to look at that. Um, you know, there's a lot of new features in there that they just didn't mention. Yeah, like Storage Emotion now, you can do it with snapshots, whereas in vSphere 4 you couldn't. Obviously, yeah. with Storage DRS, you're going to be doing a lot of Storage Emotions in a lot of cases. So I think that that's a good one, where you yeah. know, if you have the end of the snapshots, you're now eligible to move between data stores with snapshots. Yeah. So. Yeah, like, I mean, ES, ESX is gone. You know, and yeah, goodbye, goodbye service ESX. Console. Yeah, service console. Um, ESXi now has a firewall that's built into it. It's a stateless firewall. Yeah, I haven't really looked at that. I know it was you couldn't really touch it before. How how different is it in this release? Well, is before it? it was you know you really just had services like you could control well which services. Services, yeah, you wanted to start. Um, and now if if you look right below that same place where you configure your services, now there's like the ports that are associated with those services, and like you can. Um, but it's still really based on the services. So, like, you can, you'd have to go to the file, the actual file in the ESXi server, to add new services and add new ports. Okay. But you can open and close the ports. And really, I think to me, the only change is it, it's a firewall uh, protecting those services, kind of thing, and and protecting the whole server except for those ports that are open for the particular services. Okay. So, I mean, it's not like a a real firewall where you could go in there and you could say, okay, I want to open, you know, TCP port one two three for you know this IP address okay. inbound. You know, it doesn't have that full so firewall like configuration NTP or FTP whatever service that you're you're trying to open up. Yeah, but I think in most cases with ESXi being such a limited management console, you're not going to want to yeah. do a whole lot there. Yeah, I mean, to me, the ESXi far firewall it almost seemed a f seemed like a feature where they could just say, yes, we have a firewall. You know, one of those things where, because ESX had the firewall, you know, they don't want to get rid of ESX and then say, well, here's ESXi now, and, and no, it doesn't have a firewall. Okay. The old one used to, you know. So I don't know. It, it almost seemed like a, yeah, we have a firewall, you know, a checkbox kind of thing. Um, so I don't know. Interesting. You know, I, I almost, uh, I also wrote an article about uh, VMware Data Recovery is now version 2.0. Oh, right. Yeah, so they, they upped the revision on that and they added some new features. And um, vShield went to 5.0, right? Oh, really? I didn't, I hadn't noticed I think, the version. Yeah, it. yeah. I think they went more in line with, okay. um, there's a couple of things that now went online. It's no longer VMF, VMMS 3, it's VMFS 5 and that. So, they went so when vSphere 4, you still had, I think it was up to like VMFS. 3.46 or something. Mm -hmm. Now it's right to 5. Um, it's a seamless upgrade. You don't have to blow your data stores to do anything. You can mm -hmm. upgrade it in place without destroying data on that. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's just another. Uh, there's obviously going to be a whole upgrade path to doing everything where yeah. it typically starts at vCenter server and then goes down to you know VM storage and, and um, stuff like that. So Yeah, and then speaking of vCenter server, they've got the vCenter uh, Linux based appliance. virtual appliance. Officially now. Yeah. I think it was an experimental one for, or they kind of had something out there. Yeah, there's like an experimental, well. I think. Um, the interesting thing I found about that was it doesn't support SQL Server at all. It comes bundled with internally uh, DB2 Express 
and externally you can use um, DB2 or Oracle. You can't use SQL Server. Oh, really? And um, interesting. So I think they're really trying to please the those these shops that have been you know crying for ages now that we don't want to rely on Microsoft products to, yeah. to use vSphere, and they've partially done that with the appliance, um, with the support for other databases, and with the um, the new. Um, uh, the Flex, have you played with the Flex client yet, the new uh, web UI? Yeah, yeah. That, what do you think compared to the old? It's, I mean, it's it's pretty. Um, and you could do, I would guess, you know, 70% of your normal day-to-day -day okay. stuff in it. But, you know, you still need the vSphere client to do yeah. that other 30%. And, you so. know, from the slides I was reading, it sounded like, because this client, the Flex client's been work for a long time, I'd say three years at least. Um, I was part of a usability stu study that was kind of trying to get feedback on what you thought of it and that years ago and that. So it's, I, I thought it would have made its appearance before then, but now it's finally here. And um, from the slides I was reading in the slide decks, the, the briefings we were on, it sounded like that this is the future. The vSphere client, the C-Pound client will eventually go away. Mm -hmm. And then, and this will replace all that. It's obviously mm -hmm. gonna be a lot of development work to put all yeah. that into this. So I think this is the first step. And, um, and getting the you know that the new client out there and then expanding it to do more and more just like they're trying to do with the iPad client yeah. to give it more functionality where at some point um, they may just completely replace the other uh, research client with it yeah yeah I mean it was it was cool um, you know, like to, to get it going, first you had to load the vSphere web client server, they call it, in parentheses, which is a confusing, you know, term. You had to load that on the vCenter server, and then that brought up a web interface, and then you actually had to install Adobe Flash on your vCenter server. Well, I guess you could have gone and taken the URL and done it on a client, but anyway, I had to install Flash on my server so that I could activate the server. Oh, okay. And then that gave me the URL to go and use on my client, which had to have Flash also okay. to, to use the new Flex client. I think so it's, it's pre-built into the, the, the appliance, the Linux appliance. So you don't have to do all that. That's all oh, set really? up. It's set compatible with the, oh, the okay. appliance. So okay. uh, I think with the appliance, you basically you deploy it. There's a web UI to configure it. Oh, and okay. then um, obviously it's just like a normal vCenter server with it, without the exception that you can't do um, linked mode. There's no linked mode with the appliances. Mm. and um, that was about it. It okay. does everything. Yeah, I'll have to obviously. try it with the appliance because I just tried it on the regular, you know, Windows server okay. that had vCenter installed. Okay. So interesting. So yeah, lots of big, lots of big new stuff. And um, now, as far as release date goes, they're not saying when. Um, they're not going to announce the release date at any point. It'll just appear one day. And <laughs> obviously, it's probably going to be sometime between in the next few weeks. Obviously, before VMworld. So. Um, have to have a little pool going on, on what date <laughs> it's going to hit, but yeah. uh, what have they done in the past? They've typically done it, was it like on a Monday, Tuesday or something, or? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Just have to see. Yeah. I, I know they're waiting for a lot of the companion products, because th this release has a lot of other of the products all bundled together, where the previous release, they had products that took months and months to be compatible with the new version. Now they're trying to... Um, roll that all into one big release and that. So oh, they're kind of waiting on all that stuff to, to catch up. So, so is it like just VMware View? Is that the only thing I think that won't be compatible with vSphere 5? Or yeah, I one think of the main the things. VShield is, uh, the vCloud is, the SRM is, and that. But well, that's a, another thing. We didn't talk about um, SRM, the new host space replication in SRM. I, I, I love that feature. That's yeah. definitely cool. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, to me, that's one of the best values in in the new you know whole vSphere 5 suite is the host based replication yeah. because it's like for 195 bucks per VM you have to buy a 25 pack but you know you can get host based replication and not have to 
you know, buy a, a SAN with hardware-based replication. Yeah, expensive. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's a cool feature for sure. Where it's um, do, do you have to buy a 25VM pack? So yeah, you do have to oh, buy a 25 okay. pack. But so it's still just like 5,000 bucks, but okay. you could replicate 25 virtual machines. I mean, I wish you could buy it per virtual machine. Yeah, just if you only <laughs> 10 or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah. So that's another another definitely cool feature. And that, that um, look forward to them pulling the trigger and everything actually coming out and yeah. being available. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's been exciting to be here. It has. We got to see, you know, Steve Herod and Palmeritz just right a few feet away. Yeah. <laughs> I was snapping pictures and, we and had, everything. Uh, we had Duncan Epping here. Yeah, we did an yeah. interview with Duncan. Um, a lot of the, some of the other VMware staff, uh, Mike Adams and that. And, of course, John Troyer was here. And Yeah. Um, so it was a fun event overall. Thank you for watching this episode of VChat, the latest in virtualization and cloud computing news and how-to. Eric, Simon, and David want your feedback, so send questions or ideas for future VChat topics to vchat at trainsignal.com.